0: Hello, music friends. Today, I have a very special guest to talk about one of the most famous music legends of all time. So welcome, Kent Sanders, to talk to us about your upcoming book, The Faith of Elvis.
1: Thanks, Ashley. I appreciate it. I um, am thankful for the opportunity to be here, and I love this book, and I'm thrilled to talk about it, so thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, to start out with, can you tell us a little bit about... How you got in touch with the half brother of Elvis, is that correct?
1: That's a stepbrother, actually. Or
0: stepbrother, yes. Sorry, stepbrother of Elvis. Yes.
1: So there's actually kind of an interesting story here. At least it's interesting to me. You know, what's interesting to us isn't always interesting to other people. However, that being said, a lot of people (laughs) have asked me, how did you wind up getting involved with this project? Because this is a very high profile thing. It's with a traditional publisher. This is actually my first time. Thomas Nelson, is that right? Correct.
0: Yes, I love their their publications.
1: Yeah, they so put out cool. uh, a lot of faith based content. So and I've gosh, I've I've owned and read tons of Thomas Nelson books over the years. So to be associated with something like this, it was kind of it's a little bit like a dream come true as a as a writer or as a ghostwriter.
0: Oh, definitely. definitely.
1: So how this actually happened was uh, I have to kinda of take you back a few years actually to so I've been doing podcasting for a long time. And even though my podcast has has gone through several different iterations over the years. Like I've done focus, uh, I've done a focus on business writing and creativity, and now my show is called The Daily Writer, but the whole time I've done interviews. So for years, I've interviewed people basically on a weekly basis. And the cool thing about doing a podcast, and of course, Ashley, you know this because you do this stuff as well, you're connecting with people and doing interviews. The interesting thing is that some of those connections come back around in interesting ways that you would never have anticipated. So because of some people that I have interviewed over the years, they knew that I was now a ghostwriter full-time. And one of those friends actually is a fellow ghostwriter who is connected with a lot of book agents and a lot of other people in the publishing world because she's been doing this a really long time. So a project came to her one day from, uh, from a book agent. They needed a writer for it. It wasn't a good fit for her, so she contacted me. And asked if i might be interested in it so i actually was so i connected with the the book agent and i did a little bit of work on this project they just needed basically like a book proposal done and that project actually didn't end up going anywhere i, I don't know what happened with their client but it just sort of fell by the wayside i think but then she got in touch with me one day and said hey we have a need for a writer on this project we've actually um, just because of some publishing situations um, this book has to be completed actually on a pretty fast timetable because they had made some changes to to the book and, and whatever but we need some and she said but we need somebody who is from a faith-based background and this this is of course this was the Elvis project right. and I just happened to be the perfect fit for this because you know I used to be a pastor I taught at a Christian college for a long time I've been a person of my my faith, i've uh, been a person of faith for my whole life and, and you're a musician right yeah and do, i'm a musician music
0: ministry and so i mean kind of like that, all the that things as well yes yes it's like
1: all the things that i didn't think would play into my ghostwriting career that, like, that i sort of thought of perfect as like my project ever <laughs> yeah those those really came into play with this project so that's kind of how it came about it was really just just not so much being in the right place at the right time, but being available for the right project at the right time. But more than that, just having some connections who knew my strengths and my skills. Yes. And then who could refer me to the right people. So that's kind of the long story of how that happened, but that's, that's really how it all came about.
0: Yeah, no, I love that, that you have the faith-based side, you have the writing side and you have the musical knowledge all together, which is perfect. So yeah, yeah. So and tell this, us a little bit was, about I, Billy Stanley. What is it like working with, um, yeah, working with him and getting to hear his first-hand accounts of being the the stepbrother of Elvis?
1: It was fantastic. Uh, honestly, this was a really fun collaboration. And you know, if you hang around ghostwriters and people who are in the editing and freelance world, if you hang around those people long enough, you will very quickly hear some horror stories of clients they've worked with or people who were difficult <laughs> or whatever this was actually right. the exact opposite this was one of the easiest things I've ever worked on in terms of just um, having a great relationship with the person I was collaborating with right. he's a great storyteller he's funny he's really supportive super positive positive. and he sort of let me do my thing and I let him do his thing and yeah. it's sort of like peanut butter jelly you know when you put those two things together I'm I'm the writer he's the storyteller and i think we made a great combination so it was a lot of fun
0: and that's nice if he's naturally a storyteller it helps your job be easier as well if you kind
1: oh of my gosh it was so much easier i mean literally Understand so that. just a little background on how kind of how these book these type of books usually happen um is you get on calls and the fact
0: that you get to have your name on it this time ghostwriters don't always get their names on it but the reason i can interview Correct. about it is because he's Correct. letting you have your yeah. name on it
1: mhm yeah, so just to give you a little background on how, how these books are actually created a lot of times, or at least this is the way that I do it most of the time, is you, you develop an outline for the book and what it's gonna be about. You figure out what each chapter is gonna be about and, and sort of the direction for each chapter. And then you get on calls and I just ask questions. I would get on calls and I would have typically 10 to 12 questions prepped for each of the chapters that we worked on. The great thing about Billy was that I would just have to ask one simple question and he would he would just go off for 20-30 minutes sometimes story after story after story and the difficulty with this book honestly was that i had way more than enough material like the we book have could have limit. easily been twice as long <laughs> right but you have to oh, kind of wow. narrow it down to a certain length and everything so yeah right. he was fantastic to work with
0: what was one of your favorite stories about elvis that you got to include in the book
1: oh my goodness there there were so many so many great things One of the things that I found so compelling is, and of course I didn't know this before because I didn't grow up with Elvis and have never really studied his life on an intense sort of level. Right. But one of the things that I was really surprised to learn was that Elvis looked at what he did as a musician as basically a job. You know, whereas many other celebrities will sort of look at their fame and, you know, when Elvis was at the peak of his career, he was the most, arguably one of the most famous people in the world, really. Oh,
0: I'm sure, yes.
1: And most people in that position would look at what they've done and their accomplishments and really like to have a lot of uh, ego about that. Or they would sort of walk around like a big a, a big time celebrity all the time shot. and yeah. and think they're better than everybody else. But he looked at what he did as just a job. And
0: Absolutely. he would take
1: time to talk to people uh, who were his fans, who were construction workers or who worked some other kinds of, of more of a blue collar job. And he would always tell him, your work is actually more important than mine because you keep our daily lives running. If you sweep the streets or if you lay concrete or if you're a plumber or whatever. And he would that's say, I'm just an entertainer. So this is just my job. And wow. I found that to be a really, really fascinating wow. insight. I love that.
0: I think sometimes as an artistic person, I can see what he's saying though, because we see the people that are doing kind of those more grunt work jobs, if you will. And I right. see the value in those because that's, harder for me even than the entertainment side um but sometimes those grunt work things are harder and the fact that he could take the humility to to acknowledge that to them I think that's incredible
1: yeah yeah
0: so and well the faith side can you tell us a little bit about the faith side since that's what the book is about and that's not what we think of when we normally first think of Elvis Um, can you shed a little bit of light into that
1: That's true. Well, the book, of course, is called The Faith of Elvis. So the book is really the untold story of Elvis's faith. He was a very Mm -hmm. devout Christian person. He carried his Bible everywhere that he went. You you can actually get online and look at different places where he would make notes in his Bible. He would underline things. He would copy down sayings or scripture verses or make notes underneath certain verses, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really compelling because you kind of get a little bit of a peek into how Elvis thought and, right. and where his faith was. And what I find so compelling about Elvis as a person of faith is not necessarily that he talked a lot about his faith on stage or, I mean, although he, he did gospel music and, and he didn't hide the fact that he was a Christian, but no. it was more important for him to actually live out his faith. And one right. of the most important ways that he did that was by being generous. And in the book, there's tons of stories that we've included that talk about how Elvis was just immensely generous to people. He would decide, you know, at different times to go down to the car dealership and buy Cadillacs for a bunch of people, or he would give away thousands of dollars to somebody on the street who needed it. It was just, and this actually was a point of contention with his father, Vernon, sometimes, because Elvis just gave freely without really any regard to... Kind of the business side of it but but vernon right. would sometimes get upset with him because he didn't he necessarily worked. want all this money you know as He's he perceived around, it probably going down, down the people. drain
0: right but was so he elvis was really a person in charge of his, his own place. was he in charge of his own finances at that at that point or
1: no elvis really never he never really ran the business side of things okay. that was really what his dad did oh so vernon and, was uh, more the business manager yeah. Okay. yeah elvis was the creative side Colonel Tom Parker and really Elvis's father Vernon were much more of the business side.
0: So that kind of segues into my next question. Of course, I have to ask what you thought of the recent movie uh, about Elvis and what was it with um, Tom Hanks playing, the, playing the pseudo villain or however right. the take is on it. So what was kind of your um, take on the film, especially right at the same time that you're releasing kind of the book as well?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I really enjoyed the film and I recognize the limitations of any movie about somebody's life, especially Elvis's life, which was, there was, there's so much to cover. I mean, you could make um, a whole series of movies about Elvis's life and probably never cover everything. Right. So I think you have to go into it knowing that they're coming at it from a certain standpoint. They're going to have a certain perspective on his life and they're going to emphasize certain things. But I loved it because it really did show his humanity it was super well done it was creative I love the music they included in there of course and I'm kind of obsessed with the 68 comeback special that's one okay. of the, the pinnacles of television history right and I love how in the movie they had an extended sequence devoted to just that special yeah. so I found that really really compelling I, I thought the movie was great and loved it
0: oh good do you think it overlaps a lot with the faith side or do you feel like the the book is going to be able to kind of take it to another level for people who maybe have seen the film that get to see this whole other side of Elvis as well.
1: For sure. I think they're complimentary because the movie is, in my perspective, the movie gives an entertaining and very, very fast-paced overview of Elvis the man. Right. Uh, The book is going to dive specifically into the faith and spirituality side of Elvis that really the movie didn't didn't touch, touch on significantly touch on in any way. Lot, right? Not that I expected it to. So no. they're really two different animals, but I think they're super, super complimentary in terms of if you really want to get a full life, uh, get a full picture of the life of Elvis, but then if you want to dive into the face side of it, I think both of these are great.
0: That's what I think is really cool. I think that you're already getting kind of this hype from the film and then right. you're in October. What's the official release date? October? Tuesday,
1: October the 4th.
0: October the 4th, so mm-hmm. it's literally just around the corner. Yeah, just a few so weeks. So people can kind of delve into that other side of Elvis, which will be really, <clears throat> excuse me, really fascinating, I think, so. I think so. And then about Billy Stanley, is there anything that you wanted to add about him, just like stories with Elvis? Like is there a cute story of the, the, the brothers together that kind of struck you?
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh, one of the things that I that I really <laughs> took away from the book, and from just hearing Billy talk about Elvis... And growing up with him was that he was really funny and really really playful. And they would have times even when they were all adults when they would just be wrestling and sort of being silly and horsing around and you know driving super fast cars and going way way over the speed limit and, and it just sounds like life with Elvis was a lot of fun. And we just did a session yesterday, so we I recorded a conversation with with uh, Billy and his brother David. Uh, okay. Their other, the third brother, Rick, he passed away a few years ago. Okay. But we recorded a conversation that's actually going on the audiobook, which I, I thought oh, was a lot nice. of fun to be involved in that.
0: Yes. When does the audiobook release? Is it the same time or a little later? Yes, same day. Okay, perfect.
1: For well, all I of you audio so...
0: listeners out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wanted to throw in what I found so compelling about that conversation was that even even 45 years after Elvis passed away, um, they still get very emotional talking about it i mean Mm -hmm. that that really showed me how close they were and how much love they had for this Mm -hmm. man who was not just a huge celebrity but actually a big brother a mentor a, a spiritual guide for them in many ways and it was it's just really really moving because you see how much impact they had on on how much impact he had on their lives and they're still feeling that decades after elvis is gone
0: right Oh, that's that's that side that we don't normally see we never think about but i think that makes him more human hearing how he interacted absolutely. as a big brother uh, absolutely, because we can relate to that as non you know not famous uh, elvis but hearing you know oh he he had that relationship with his brothers which yeah. is really cool i'm always intrigued to hear absolutely you know sibling stories that are that have that special bond so that's that's really cool Well, what's kind of one of the biggest takeaways you would say that you have from this experience and that you hope your readers kind of perceive
1: well i would say two things one one maybe from a uh book content perspective and the other from i would say a a collaborative perspective and i'll go with with the with the one i mentioned first first i hope that people come away just with a better appreciation of who elvis was as a person because you know here decades after he is gone in some ways elvis has become kind of a caricature of himself in popular culture because you see all the elvis impersonators you know people will say uh they'll do like an elvis accent and you always know who they're doing right but
0: elvis wedding oh you know i'm getting married in vegas with elvis exactly you know (laughs)
1: exactly so there it's there's a segment to the modern view of elvis that's very kitschy and sort of the gaudy crazy right. decor and all the gold belt buckles and all that stuff. And yes, that was a part of, of Elvis's act and his public persona, particularly in the kind 1970s. his brand,
0: if you will. Yeah.
1: It was part of his brand, especially like during the Vegas part. But if you, if you really get to the heart of who he was as a person, that really wasn't what he was all about. That's, that was an aspect of it, but that really doesn't get at the heart of who he was as, as a person who was so generous and so gifted and such a, um, just such an amazing ball of energy. It's funny because when you when you talk to people who knew Elvis, the one of the running themes that you'll hear about is how energetic he was and how, and I'm not exaggerating, more than, I've heard more than one person say this, whenever he walked into a room, you could feel his presence literally because he had wow. such an aura about him or such an energy. And I've never heard anybody wow. describe another person like that. But you can see no. that on stage, you know, if you watch mm-hmm. his performances, you can just see this energy, like almost radiating off of him. It's, it's right. the, it's really fascinating.
0: I think they said the, the actor was Austin Butler had to just train and train and train to kind of get some of that, um, that same energy yeah. for the film, because yeah, I mean, he was such an incredibly energetic yeah. entertainer. So yeah, the other
1: thing I would throw in there, so I suppose the other main takeaway is for anybody who's listening, who who is considering doing writing or particularly if you want to do things like ghostwriting or collaboration is you've got you've to really build your network so you can have these kinds mm-hmm. of opportunities. I'm super grateful for this. Uh, in many ways, to be honest with you, I feel like I didn't deserve this opportunity. I mean, I think we did a great job on the book, but there is an element to where I'm thinking, I'm still kind of shocked I had the chance to be involved in this sort of a really cool thing you know well, i think you
0: definitely deserved it but yes
1: <laughs> well thank you but, i appreciate that but you, i would say you have for, that
0: same side though to elvis that you reach out to people and you always show that you care and that you're not too good for for the people you're working with which is wonderful
1: yeah and i think that's a that is a really important insight because it is easy once you've had a little bit of success in something to kind of get a big head about it but you have to remember, it doesn't doesn't matter how quote unquote famous you get, you're there to serve people. And yes. the higher that you rise in your levels of recognition or success or whatever metric you have, the higher you go with that, then the deeper you actually have to go in your service to people. Yeah, And Elvis really loved his fans. And I think ultimately that's one of the things that, that really hurt him is he had so much love and passion, mm-hmm. he just w- worked himself to death. Really, wow. um, I, don't, I don't think it's an exaggeration to even frame it in that way um, yeah. to some degree. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe you can have too much love for, for people uh, to some extent, but but we've got to really care about people and he saw what he did as he did it out of love, not because he right. wanted to be famous necessarily, but he just he loved his fans, he loved the people that he worked with and he would go to any length possible. To, to serve them and to help them however he could. So I think there's a good lesson there for all of us.
0: Definitely, wow, that's that's perfect. I think that really sums up kind of his, his yeah. life there. So, well, where can we find you and the book and all the goodies online that are coming up here in the fall?
1: Well, thanks. Um, you can find the book on Amazon or Barnes Noble or really any place you, you can find books. Uh, it'll also be in bookstores, so if you're the kind of person who likes to stroll into bookstores and get your books that way, you can do it, do it that way. And uh, you can find out more about me. There's a couple of places. One is my site for writers, which is called dailywriterlife.com. Tell us so a little bit more actually... about that
0: too, if there's aspiring writers listening. Yeah.
1: So that is for people who want to work on their writing habits or even build a writing business. We talk a lot about mindset and success and habits and productivity. That's actually a daily email that is a daily podcast. So for anybody who wants to build up that side of their life, this is the perfect resource. Actually, I just launched, so we're recording this on August the 16th. So just yesterday, um, a new page on my site went live. This is a series of guides for writers specifically. It's called the Daily Writer Starter Kit. And we have guides on, um, writing habits, making money with your writing, time hacks for writers. So in other words, how to be more productive, uh, developing your pathway for success in a blogging and a bunch of other things. Those are all totally free. And you can get that by going to dailywriterlife.com free. So that's one way writers can interact with me, but then my other site, kit is a place where people can go just to find out more about me in general, and also ghostwriting services and those kinds of things. So basically that's it.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait. I've already pre-ordered my copy of The Faith of Elvis. So I can't wait to read it this fall. Well,
1: thank you. It's totally been my pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you, Kent.